Okay, Shalom Aleichem, everyone. We have to get back to something now that we uh, we knowingly ignored up until this point. But now uh, the time has come that we have to deal with it. We know our favorite Chakira is that there is a discussion, what is Kedushin? Is Kedushin the fact that you made a Kenyan, and now that you made a Kenyan that results in a prohibition? Or is the fact that you did a Maise Kedushin that created a prohibition? And due to the fact that that prohibition applies to everyone but you, that grants you certain rights, that grants you certain privileges that we'll call an acquisition. And that's what the process of Kedushin is. So this we've de- described so far as a Machlikas Rishenim. In one camp, there's Rashi, there's the Rambam, there's the Tashbates that all said that Kedushin is a Maisa Kenyan, and the Kenyan results in a prohibition. Whereas in the other camp, we had the Ra'ah, we had a Diak and the Ran, that Kedushin is a creation of a prohibition, that the prohibition, due to it, grants you certain privileges, certain rights. So now, according to the Rashi and the Rambam and the Tashbates, so let's read our Mishnah. The whole discussion is a language of Kenyan. And Kenyan, it's very, very clear what the Kenyan, why the Mishnah utilizes the language of Kenyan. Kenyan means that you acquired something, you purchased something. So the according to Rashi and the Ramam and the Imei, that learn that the main aspect of Kedushin is the acquisition of exclusive rights to intimacy. So then, the language of the Mishnah is actually quite precise. But we have to ask, and we have to address this finally head on, according to the Ra'ah, that the, the nature of Kedushin, the, the integral part, the essence of Kedushin, is creating a prohibition, and it's not the acquisition of rights, so then why in the world does the Mishnah, how in the world could the Mishnah utilize a language of Kenyan? It actually seems like the most imprecise language that the Mishnah could choose. It actually leads you to think the wrong thing. So in order to address this question, we're going to have to see Reb Chaim. In order to understand the Reb Chaim, I brought you some Rambam in Hilchas Meisasheni. Now after, we're going to read the Rambams in Hilchas Meisasheni together. We're going to go through the Reb Chaim together. And now, after we go through and read everything, we're going to go and analyze what's going on here in the sugya, in the according, first of all, what's Pshat and after we describe what's going to be Pshat let's go back to the Tzrichasa to understand the Gemara. Because, you know, in our Gemara, let's not forget, we're in the middle of a sugya, and we have a Tzrichasa, right? The Gemara makes a Tzrichasa, that we need both Psukim of Ki'ikach and V'yotzachin Main Kosef. Now, one side of the Tzrichasa is actually quite clear. The Gemara says that you need V'yotzachinam. Why? Because if it only said Ki'ikach, you'd have thought that whatever the husband gave to the lady, that would belong to her, and Kamash Milan V'yotzachinam, that it belongs to the father. What if it only said V'yotzachinam, and it didn't say Ki'ikach? So I would have thought that the lady could give the man money, and that would create a Kedushin. Now, according to the world of Rashi, and the Rambam with the email that hold what you're doing is making an acquisition. This is beyond logic because you're making an acquisition. And what's being acquired here are exclusive rights. So how in the world could it be then that the person who's selling the object is also paying the money for the object that's being given over? Definitionally, if what's happening here is a transaction and it's an acquisition of exclusive rights, so it has to be then that the purchaser is giving money to the seller. It can't be that the seller is giving money to the purchaser. 
So this is also an issue that we're going to have to address. And Yetz Hashem, we're going to use the Reb Chaim to try to answer this up. So let's start. We're going to see the Rambams. The first Rambam is in Source 2. It's in Hilchas Meis HaSheni, Perak Aleph, Halacha Aleph. Just to give you some basic background in Meis HaSheni, the Dinam of Meis HaSheni. So it says the Rambam, Achashim Afrishin Meis HaRishin, Bechol Shana. So we know that there's a process here. First you harvest your crops, you separate Truma, right, according to Midr and that's 150th of the amount of crops. Then afterwards you separate Meiser Rishin, 10% of the remaining. Now, there's something called Meiser Sheni. That, the Rambam is telling us, after Meiser Rishin, you mafresh Meiser Sheni. Now, that's 10% of what's remaining after you separated the Truma and the Meiser already. How do we know you have to separate it? Shemer Aser, Taser, Kotzbo You shall, the basic reading is, you shall sorely tithe the the growth, the produce of your plantings. But Chazal come along and say that Aser Taser, that there's two Meisers. There's a Meiser Rishon and a Meiser Sheni. Rishon Ashlishis, Rishishis. And in the 30th and the 60th year, Mafrishon Meiser Oni, Chilif Meiser Sheni, Kamesh Bialnu. In lieu of Meiser Sheni, there's something called Meiser Oni, that you give money to the Aniim in order so that they have food to eat. That's the din of the Rambam. Now, that's halacha, parak alaf halacha alaf. Comes along the Rambam, parak beiz halacha alaf. Maisa sheni nechel abaylev lifnim yichemes yushalayim. You can only eat maisa sheni. The owners of the maisa sheni can only eat it inside the walls of Yerushalayim. Shenema v'achalta lifnei Hashem alaykechel. Because it says you have to eat the maisa sheni in front of Hashem your God. B'makoyim asher yivcho l'shakin shmei shom. And the place where he chose to make his divine presence rest there. Now, says the Rambam, Now the chiv of separating Maisa Shani, that applies whether there's a base of Mikdash or there's not a base of Mikdash. But even though you have to separate it, there's only an obligation to eat it when... You're only able to eat it when there's a base amikdash. Shneema meisa degan chetirish chavitzarechol, v'vachulus bechar chavitzinechol. That what it says that the meiser of your produce and of your of your vineyard and of your olive oil and the firstborn of your flock, mipniy shmuel amdu and we have a mesera halacha mishmisinai. The same way Bechor is only able to be eaten when the base of Mikdash is Kayim, when it's still standing, so too, when it comes to Mesashini, you're only able to eat it and that's a din. Now, let's base off the Hekish. Comes along the Rambam, So now, what happens? You have a guy. The guy is a farmer. He lives in Komamius. And he wants to go to Yerushalayim to bring his Mesashini. He wants to eat it. The problem is that the schlep, a lot of fruit, from Kamemius to Meisr to Yerushalayim, is very, very hard. It's a big trip. And it's hard, to, it's hard to bring all that fruit. So what do you want to do? You can do something called pidyon. Pidyon means you redeem the sanctity of the fruit, the gedusha of the fruit, and you put it on money. Now that you put it on money, you can take that money and use it to purchase food while you're in Yerushalayim. And when you purchase the food with the money that you use to redeem the sanctity of the Meisr that fruit, that food that you purchase in Yerushalayim takes on a Kedushas Meisr Sheni, 
And then you're able to eat that food inside Yerushalayim in the walls with all the dinner of Maisa Sheni. That's the concept of Pidyon, of redemption. So now let's try to understand this concept. A person wants to redeem his fruits of Maisa Sheni. You redeem them with their value. And he says, Behold, this money are in lieu, they're instead, they're replacing the Kedusha of these Peris, or Peris Ha'ilu, Mukhlolus Ha'mos Ha'ilu, or you could say the opposite, you could say that these fruit are redeeming these monies. But if you didn't say anything, and all you did was say, all you did was separate money without any kind of statement, declaration, Nonetheless, if it was corresponded to the value of the fruits that you're trying to redeem, that also suffices. That that is tantamount to redemption. And you don't have to say that this is what you did. You didn't have to express opinion. Nonetheless, those fruits which you redeemed onto the money, that was a valid transfer of Kedusha. Then you go and take that money to Yerushalayim, and you spend them there. Because it says what? That the derech, the trip, might be too far, and you're not able to carry all this stuff. Continues the Rambam. You're only able to redeem Pirus Meiser with kesef, with money. You can't do it with a shtar, you can't do it with a sheva kesef. You need cash money. Why do we know? Shenemar, it says in the apostle, Kvetzarta HaKesef. So now we have a basic understanding of the dinner of Sheni. We know what Sheni is. We know where it's eaten, where it's not eaten, when the halacha applies of Afrasha, when the halacha applies of Echila. We know how to do the pidyon. We know what we do with it once we do a pidyon. We know why there's a pidyon. And we know with what we can do a pidyon. So we're, uh, we're in good shape. So now that we saw that, let's see Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim, I chopped up a bit. Um, I'm not positive we're going to see all of it, but I want to see the, the part that we for sure need to see. Um, so, and I think there's a value in seeing it together, just because Reb Chaim, it's a, hard, it's a hard thing to read, it's a hard thing to go through. And this is going to be fundamental in really understanding what's going on here in Agamara, for sure, according to the Ra'ah. And hopefully it's going to be, help us in our understanding of Rashi as well. But let's see. So it says Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim is here in Hilchas Meis Hasheni, Perches Alachazayin. So first Reb Chaim always, always, whenever he starts, in Reb Chaim in Sefer, Reb Chaim on the Rambam, he starts by quoting the Rambam, which is going to be discussed. He's going to quote it verbatim. That's why I didn't bring it to you, because Reb Chaim already did. But this Rambam here is in Hilchas Meis Hasheni, Perches Alachazayin. Alikech Peris Besela Shal Kesef, Meiser. person who acquired fruit with a sela of Meiser. Umashach HaPeris. Now, before he did anything, the first thing he did was he did a Meshicha on the Paris. Now that he did the Meshicha on the Paris, that is, that's tantamount to Kenyan. That's a Kenyan Midaraisa. Everyone agrees Meshicha on Paris is Kenyan. So he acquired those Paris already. And he didn't pay for those fruits. Until the value of the fruits went up. And now they're worth two. So now what's the story? Ruvain goes to the fruit man, and he says, I want to buy, he's in Yerushalayim, he has Meiser Sheni, he says, I want to buy a seller worth of Perus, he does Meshicha and he acquires them. If he said, oh, you know what, I forgot my wallet in my tent. So the guy says, don't worry about it, 
Come back tomorrow and you'll give me the money. Comes back tomorrow and even though he pulled on, let's say, a kilo of fruit and that kilo of fruit is worth a seller, the next day the value of fruit went up and now that kilo of fruit is worth two. So now what's the din? What's he supposed to do? How's Reuven supposed to pay for it? Because it comes along the Rambam and says, All he could do is be mafrish a sela. He separates a sela. They'll see soon what that means. That you should give the money and that should be redeemed for him. And it explains the Rambam, that what? That with the Nesina Sakasa, that's when he is Kaina. That additional money is going to be for Maisa. Let's see the Rambams. I don't know, let's see the Rambams. I'm going to go through it and then we'll explain it. Because it's important to see the contrast. That's the truth. So it continues the Rambam. Mashach Perus He pulls fruit. Right? Now Ruvain a different time. He's in the market and he goes and gets fruit for two slime. Right? One kilo is in two slime now. But again, Ruvain's our forgetful friend. And he didn't bring the money with him. He came back the next day, but the value of that fruit was already down. So that kilo of fruit that he just did a Mashiach on, which when he did Mashiach, it was worth two. And he's obligated to pay those two. So now what happens? The Umdu they're only worth one. So says the Rambam, you can only separate on that fruit you can only separate one seller. And you give, you add an additional seller from the chulin. And you give that seller to the meicher. So now, let's think about this. What happened here between the distinction of these two mishna, and these two dinim? The first din, they were worth one when you did Mashiach. The next day they were worth two. And all you do is pay one. In the following din of the Mishnah, the, the Rambam, they were worth two when you did Mashiach. When you pay for them, they're only worth one. And there the Rambam says that what? That you give one, you give two slayim to pay for it, but you only give one seller, you only give one seller for, for Maishasheni. The other seller you have to give for not Maishasheni. Interesting. Why is that? What's this discrepancy? Before we went based the time of Mashiach, now we're going what? We're going based off the time of the payment? Why is that? So continues the Rambam. You give him one cell of Maiser. Now this is very interesting. This is a whole new case. This is the inverse. I have a kilo of fruit. And I never did Mashiach on it. What I did, I paid for it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to come back later. I'm going to be traveling today. Here's the money for it, and I'll come back and I'll pick them up later. So what do you do? You gave a seller for Maiser, for that kilo of fruit. When you came back later in the day, the value of the fruits went up, and they're worth two. So it says the Rambam, Whatever you redeemed, was redeemed. But in regards to, meaning it was a valid redemption, all of that whole kilo is redeemed. But now, you have to figure out what to do in regards to the Payment. How much does he owe him? He only paid one, but he didn't do a Mashiach. If he didn't do a Mashiach, then we have to reassess how much the monetary debt is. Says the Ramam, a fourth din. Nosan shtoyim. He paid him two slayim, right? The new case, fourth case number four, is that again, 
Reuven prepaid for the fruit, but is going on a trip, wants to leave the fruit by him, and he'll come back at night to pick him up. So he knows from the Shtei Shleim, for one kilo, but he only acquired that fruit once it was worth a seller, Masha Podo, Podo, whatever he redeemed, redeemed. And now they have to figure out what to do about the payment. They paid too much, he gets some of his money back. Because when it comes to Maisa Shaini, it's Pidyon, is it's Meshicha. What's that mean? Cryptic. Now, this is where Chaim comes in. Reb Chaim is going to come and explain the principle, the underlying principle that works between these dinim, and through the, the explaining the underlying principle that works between these dinim, he's going to explain for us what exactly is happening when there's a pidyon. What does pidyon mean? So says Reb Chaim, the Rambam beforeish the Mishnah, the Rambam explained the Mishnah, the Moshe Chemenu Perus that when you did a Mashiach on the Perus, the Ritz Aloymar shemoshech Perus Chulin. That he did Meshicha on Perus Chulin, that the money of Meisar Sheni will take effect on those mows. And the Rabbit says it's different. It's not that you actually did a Meshicha on Perus Chulin as a means to have the Meisar Sheni money take effect on it, but just the opposite. You did a Meshicha on Perus Meisar Sheni as a means for them to be Chal. To become chulin on the mouse. Now, that being said, we're not going to discuss the Ravid. This is a discussion in how to understand the Mishnah here that uh, this din is based off of. But, we're just, I brought you this aspect that Rav Chaim talks about the Ravid here at length. We're not going to talk about it. I just want to show you that there is such a dispute. What's Prat? In the Mishnah, the Ramam's clearly going that you're being mechalal, you're going ahead and redeeming the Paris that have Kedusha on them already. The Maos, I'm sorry, that have Kedusha on them already. Now, that which it seems to him to explain according to the opinion of the Rambam, Now, when it comes to Kinyin Kesef, what's Kinyin Kesef? Is that you have a value, and the value of the object is being exchanged for the object that you're acquiring. So you want to buy a cup. The cup's worth 10 bucks. So the $10 is a switch, it's a swap for that which you're acquiring in lieu of it. Whereas when it comes to Meshicha, it's not a swap. It's not that the, there's something standing in the place of the object that you're acquiring. Umemile, rather you're acquiring the thing itself. It's all about you bringing that into your domain. And therefore, automatically, even though you pulled it, and that's what created the, 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 the acquisition, once you made an acquisition, then you have to pay for it. That obligates you. You brought someone else's object into your shoes, so now pay for it. And even when it comes to Sheva Kesef, that's going to work to make an acquisition on the object which is being transferred into your domain. So now continues Reb Chaim. So claims Reb Chaim that the same way that the Kinyin Kesef works 
to be kine masha kinegdo, that which is going to be in lieu of it, corresponding to it. So too, the Meshicha works to be mechayiv the the most meisasheni which are connected those peiros. Behind Mishum, they have a kesef, sheve kesef, kesef, the gabei chilul. The reason being is because sheve kesef is tantamount to the kesef itself. So therefore, the peiros are going to be just as good in regards to making that kinyan kesef as most would be. Vechinu gabei iberker kinyan, and not just in regards to chilul is that true, but even in regards to the Change of ownership. Because when it comes to all types of kodshim, besides the necessity to go ahead and remove the kedush in order to be able to use it, besides from that, is the ability to actually make that acquisition, to change the ownership. That's what he brings a raya from the morning kedushin, the mission kedushin. Now, says continues of Chaim. Therefore, it has to be the kol sheva kesef kekesef bein nechilu bein nechilu. Meaning to say, it has to be that sheva kesef is just as good as kesef, and this is not just in regards to acquisitions, but even in regards to chilu. Therefore, peiros are going to be able to accomplish a pidyon the same way that most would be able to. Now, that's all. Very important information. It's a geschmack, it's fundamental. But this next paragraph is mamish going to be the crux of what we need here. So if you didn't follow 100% up until now, don't be uh, don't be nervous. Don't give up hope. This is the crux. Now it comes along with Chaim and says, now, based off of everything, we have to go and explain these dinim that are in the halachas that we read before. Now, in regards to the Pidyan Maise Sheni here, that the Pidyan, the redemption of the Kedusha, happened all day, the acquisition. There's two things which are happening, they are co- coinciding simultaneously with the Kinyan Kesef. It's a Maise Chilul. Number one is that there's Kedusha on the Meisr Sheini, that was on the, I'm sorry, that was on the coins, and that's going to take effect on the Peris Chulin. So this is the actual transfer of the Kedusha. Besides that, there's the acquisition, the actual the transfer of ownership. By that which you actually acquire. So meaning there's two aspects going on simultaneously. It's not that the acquisition causes the chilul, but there's one distinct aspect called the chilul, the pidyun, the redemption, the transfer of kedusha. And there's a separate aspect. There's an aspect of a change of ownership. And the two things aren't, are not interdependent. Each one's a separate transaction which happens on its own. Well, if he's a nira, and based off that, it seems to say, that in regards to actual redemption, taking something which is holy and making mundane, there, dafka there, in that aspect, there's a pasuk, that the giving over of the most is what's creating that chilul, what's changing that change. In that regards, so the Pirus Meiser, which are Sheva Kesef, 
are tantamount to most themselves. That as long as you have a giving over of kesef, a sheva kesef, that is, that's considered venosna kesef, which can create the chilil. Of the inina kinyan, but in regards to the change of ownership, that's bound by the normative din, the normative halachas, of any kind of acquisition. And that's limited to Meshicha, not Kesef. And those Peros are considered Peris. But it has to be that there was a set value. In order to be considered Kesef, there has to be a set value. It's a Gemara, we'll see in Kedushin, hopefully, maybe later on. But that's the aside here. There's two simultaneous things happening. And one is the Kinyan, the Kinyan Kesef. And the other isn't the Kinyan Kesef. It's the Chilu. The two things are happening. I give the money. And the money can work to, first of all, create the Chilu. But it can also work at the same time to make a change of ownership. So now, based off this concept, let's go back. Let's read the Rambam. Let's try to understand what's happening here. The Rambams that the Reb Chaim brought in the beginning of this piece. So it comes along the Rambam and says as follows, If someone takes fruit that's worth a cellar of kesef meiser, so he have one kilo of fruit and he acquires them with one cellar of meiser sheni. He did meshich on the pirus. Now when he did meshich on the pirus, which aspect of the acquisition did he apply? He only made a change of ownership. That change of ownership took effect already. And now that I did a Meshicha, I'm chayv to him the predetermined amount. So I owe him a seller. V'lo hispik litein ha-seller, Now, he only gave him the money. He already did the Meshicha. The fruit is his. He has a debt. He owes him a seller. Now the price of the Peirus go up. V'omdu b'shtayim. And now they're worth two. So says the Rambam, All you have to do is give him one seller. Comes on the Rambam and says, You know how much he has to give? He has to give only a seller. Because inasmuch as what? He was already acquired the fruit. And the fruit is a din shava kasef. So therefore, the amount is determined of how much he owes for those fruits, and the amount he owns is a seller. I owe a seller, so give that seller of Maiser Shani, and now those fruits become Kedushas Maiser Shani, and the most become Chulin. I, the value of the fruit now is two, that the Ramam says, that extra money you get to keep, that remains in its status of having Kedushas Maiser Shani. Case number one. Case number two, Mashach Peiris, you pull the fruit, you did a Meshich when they're worth two. So now what? Now you owe two Slayim for the acquisition of the fruit. You're obligated. You're the owner. You owe two Slayim. But now you have to do something called redeem the fruit. And right now the fruit, its value went down, it depreciated. And they're only worth a seller now. So now what do you have? What's the issue? The issue is you owe the seller two sloyim, but the Peris Meiser Shani are only worth one seller. So says the Rambam, So out of the Peris Meiser Shani, what can you do? You're mafrish one seller of Meiser Shani, and you give it to him. The second seller that you owe because of the change of ownership, 
that you go ahead and that you give as Maisar. So now, what happened here? So this is super Gashmak. These two aspects you see expressed very, very clearly. On one hand, we have that there was a change of ownership. That change of ownership was brought into effect in the Meshicha, like normative kinyonim. Because you did a Meshicha, you have a debt. But in regards to Pidyon, inasmuch as those fruits are still Bekedusha, this no, I'm sorry, inasmuch as the, that money you want to redeem on the fruits, the Pidyon didn't happen yet. That you need even Asana Kesef. So Benesina Sakesef, that's when it's dependent on. Since it's dependent on the Nesina Sakesef, and that only happened when they're worth one in regards to the Pidyon, the Pidyon only allows for you to give one. Because that is happening right now in the present when you're paying. So and even though you owe two, that's a Chishin Mishpat Shaila. That's not a Hilchas Royim Shaila. Since it's a Chishin Mishpat Shaila, it's a monetary issue, not a Kedushas Maiser issue. So in regards to the Chishin Mishpat, you have to pay two. In regards to the Zrayim and the redemption of the Maiser Shani, that you only can pay one. So this dichotomy is being expressed so beautifully in the Reb Chaim that these two different aspects of Maiser Shani, of Pidyon, and of the Kinyan that are, you know, happening at the same time. So the truth is, I think we're going to stop here with the Reb Chaim. Let's try to digest what's being said here. So according to Reb Chaim, we saw the principle that a Kinyan Kesef doesn't just mean, it's not just a, a, a vehicle to facilitate a change of ownership, but a Kinyan can also be a means of transferring Kedusha, of creating a redemption, of Pidyan. Something used to be Kaddish, I do a Kinyan Kesef, and now it's not Kaddish anymore. And that's something which is totally distinct from the change of ownership. So that's true that a Kinyan doesn't, isn't limited to you used to be the owner and now I'm the owner, but a Kinyan... It seems like from Rabchayim, the aside of a Kenyan is that you do an action which is indicative of a change of a halachic status. So the same way that, to a certain degree, ownership is a halachic status. It's mine. If you take it, you're over on Gezel. It's mine. Therefore, I could be Maktashit. You can't be Maktashit. There's all these different aspects. It's mine. Therefore, I'm over on Bayer Bayer Matzeh. You're not over on Bayer Bayer Matzeh. All these things. Ownership has halachic ramifications. And since ownership has a lot of ramifications, that's a, 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 why Kenyan is viable. It's something which is relevant. So similarly, whether or not something is Kodesh or Chol, that maybe is also a halachic status. And since the what Kenyan is, according to Rebchayim, is a means to facilitate a change of halachic status, so then any Kenyan could accomplish that. So once that's true, so then let's go back to the Ra'ol. We had a kasha on the Ra'ol. The Mishnah says that Yishu Niknas B'Shalosh Trochim because of Shtar and we're asking, how could the Ra'al have read a Mishnah and the Mishnah say, Yishu Niknas, Yishu Niknas, that means, that means a Kenyan, that means that there's a change of ownership, it's a sale. So how could the Ra'al say that the crux of Kedushin is creating a prohibition? It's not true. The crux of Kedushin is the sale. The answer is that Pesachas of Chaim, a Kenyan doesn't mean, it's not limited to a change of ownership, but the mahus, the essence of a kinyan is, is that it's an action which signifies a change in halachic status. So if it's just an action which signifies a change of halachic status, so Aisha Niknas Bashalashrachim, you know, a lady becomes prohibited to the rest of the world, she becomes unique to this man. So Avada, the language of Kinyan, is very, very pertinent to such a change. And therefore it comes along the Ra'ah and says, What's the Kasha from the Mishnah? 
The Mishnah is Aisha Niknes. Avanda, she's Niknes. Avanda, there was a change here in halachic status. Before, she could be married to anyone. And now she's limited to the man who just did this Maisa Kedushin. Geschmack. So I'm going to take this even further. You know, let's let's revisit Rashi. We had kashas on Rashi. And let's revisit our kashas. In the middle of the Tzri Chasel, the Tzri Chasel was that maybe we would think that she should give the money to the man and women Kaddishim. And we asked, how could it be? What are you talking about? If it's a sale... So Avanda, the seller, doesn't give the the money. The purchaser gives the money. So how could that be? So it comes along Rashi. Rashi says, What's the Rashi going on? Rashi is going on the Mara that says that if he gives her money, so it should work. It says, Rashi, Since we're being taught, since we're learning that Kesef creates Ishus, Mali Kesef Didei, Mali Kesef who cares who's giving the money? Let it be her money. Let it be his money. That's why it has to say in order to tell us that she can't do it. Now, what's that Rashi say, though? Rashi says, the Kesef of it ishus. Kesef makes ishus. Kesef makes a relationship. Now, according to Rashi, our understanding of Rashi, is that what we would describe ishus as? Kedushin as? We wouldn't say Kedushin creates Ishus. We should say Kedushin transfers that that relationship. It, trans- it, it creates a relationship. It transfers the, the, I'm sorry. We say that Kedushin transfers the exclusive rights to the husband that used to belong to the wife. But if there's a Havamini here like there are all, maybe we could say that it, what happened if we didn't have the Pasuk Kiyikach? Before we had the Pasuk of Kiyikach, maybe even Rashi would have agreed that what? That the nature of Kedushin is to create a prohibition, to create a relationship. And therefore, came into Ashwin the Kesef of Adisha, since we know that Kinyin is a viable means of creating a relationship. And how do I know from the Yotzachinon? To that, Rashi says, Mali Kesef Tidei, Mali Kesef Who cares whose money it is? All we need here is we need an action, a Kinyin. And the Kinyin is what? It's demonstrative of a change in halachic status. So as long as an action, which one of the parties who are involved in this change of halachic status, accomplishes, performs that action, so Mali who cares about him, who cares about her? Bishlama was a sale, so Avada, we need him to give it, because he's the one purchasing it. But if it's just a means to facilitate a change of status, so then they're both involved in that change of status, so why is it limited to him, maybe to her? To that, the Gemara responds, no. It says, Kiyikach. And Kiyikach reveals to us that don't think that the essence of Kedushin is just a change of halachic status. It's creating a relationship. It's unique. It's it's him being bound to her and her being bound to him. It's not that. That's not what it is at all. There's nothing romantic about it. It's a, it's a it's going to BJ's and making a purchase. You made an acquisition. You swiped your credit card. It's a kiyikach, and a vivite. In as much as it's a kiyikach, so then avadet can only be him. It can't be her, because he's the one making the acquisition. So this principle of the Chaim, this principle which they're all is screaming in the Mishnah. So it could be that even according to Rashi, without the Pasuk of Kiyikach, that would be our understanding of what Kedushin was. Only after we have Kiyikach, and there we know that the Yisuid of Kedushin is a Kenyan, then that's when we can come along and say that no, it's not true, it's the purchase of his exclusive rights. And just um, to bring it out, According to our understanding of Rashi, we could claim 
that what is we said in the first Mem Bezamad Aleph, Haisha Niknis Maishno Hokadani Shiknis, Mashnasim Dhanish Kandish. So says the Gamoru Mishum de Kaboy the Misne Kesef. We want to teach Kesef. And according to us, the principle wasn't we want to teach Kesef. But we want to teach that it's a Kesef, meaning to say we want to teach to you that it's normal of Kinyonim. It's Khishan Mishpat. It's not something which is, you know, which about called making a relationship. It's something called purchase. And how do we know? So it could be the whole kiyikach that was screaming from that Bezamad Aleph, which was the point that we're telling us that the estate of Kinyan in the Mishnah was a Chishan Mishpat Kinyan. So it could be that without that, we would have thought like the Ra'ah. Now that we have kiyikach, though, that's what's teaching me. No, it's not like the Ra'ah, rather, it's a transfer of exclusive rights. Now it could be that this is true. But I want to point out a few points here. I'm going to talk about this. I'm not sure whether I'm, uh, I'm sold yet. First of all, let's look at Rashi on When she gives, she gives him the money. She gives him the money. She gives him money. And she's Mekadish him. Because she says to him, You should be betrothed to me. Now, this is very interesting. It sounds like from this line of Rashi, it doesn't sound like, according to us, how would we say what happened here in the world of the Ra'ah? The fact that she's giving the money is a means for making her Mikudashas to him. She's giving money. That's the action which facilitates the change of halachic status. And that change of halachic status is that she's becoming Mikudashas to him. Comes along Rashi and says that what? that he should be Makudish to her. He should be Makudish to her. That was never a Havamina. How in the world could that be? He was Makudish. Who's Makudish to who? What? He can't have more than one wife. Nenka Bevinu had more than one wife. Avram Bevinu had more than one wife. There's a concept that she can be Makudish him and what? Create a prohibition? Rashi said what the Gemara said. What's Kedushin? Lashon Kedushin, Beis Amad Beis. Thus, Allah Kumi Al-Makaktish. That is the Mamish creating a prohibition. And she can claim Iskadishly on the husband. So if Rashi is really learning like the Ra'ah, that the Pshad is that we just need the change of Lachic status and either one can accomplish it, because it's not a purchase. So then how come Rashi is explaining here what's happening is Iskadishly? That you should become Makudish to me? Difficult. So... So let's let's see. Tesis here as a kasha and rashi. Tesis in the vemaskal heichad the yovli di David kidashte. She gave to him and was makadashim. Pirush pekunches. Rashi explains. Shomeris hari ato mekudish li. She. What does she say to him? You, Mister Hobby, are set aside for me. You're set aside for me. Mamish kapshutei. As tesis is a kasha. It's difficult. How in the world could she say that? It can't be that a man becomes prohibited to other people. If a man doesn't come prohibited to other people, so it doesn't, it's not a viable language. It's not a language is relevant to a man to say that he's Makudash. What do you mean he's Makudash? Makudash means that she's, he's exclusive to her, but it's not true. So he answers, she says, you know what? I'm Mekudish to you. V'tzorich limer. Aye. But this is my question. What, she, what did she say? She said she's Mekudish to him. 
But the Gemara says, I the Gemara says, the Yelav the Diday, she gave to him. So if she gave to him, it sounds like what Rashi said, that he's being, she's being Mekadashim. So it says, so if she's saying, I'm becoming Mekudash to you, how could the Gemara say that she gave to him? So it says, that she gave to him? It's not true. She didn't really give to him. And I'll prove it to you. Because it's clear from that what? That the father is the one Mechabal Kedushin. So how could it be that she gives Kedushin to the husband and now it goes to the father? For sure not. Therefore it has to be that he's giving her the Kedushin and the money goes to the father. So what happened here? What's it mean, the Gemara, when it says, Yalavili Didei? Says Tesis, it must be then, the Yalav Didei doesn't really mean that he gave it to her, she gave it to him. Rather, it means he gave it to her, and she said the Amira. Unbelievable. Tesis Pasha takes the Gemara, takes a whiteout pen, the whole thing is Navdafka, and she changes it. Because it says, We have to kill himself, and the money goes to the father. It says, It says, a language of Kedushin. And it's not relevant. So what does Tesis do? So, you're right. She never gave him anything. Avada, he gave to her. Avada, she's becoming usher to him. And what did she do? She made an amiro. She said, This is went ahead, changed the whole thing. Now, what gave Tesis the right to do it? What gave Tesis the right to do it? How in the world could Tesis do such a thing? The answer is Pashit. Because Tesis is learning that the Yisoyed of Kedushin is a chayish but kinyan. And avad, if it's a purchase, avad, the only way that purchase can go is if the, the buyer is giving money to the seller. So therefore, avad, the husband has to give the money to the wife. There's never a havamina, says Tesis, that she can give to him? Avad, not. How could that be? He's acquiring exclusive rights. So therefore, it must be that he's giving to her. I think Amara said she's giving to him? That's what the Gemara meant. Not Dafka. The Gemara means that she's saying it, and he's giving to her. So, this is, is, is a breath of fresh air, I'm saying in a certain way, because he's going so stark, he believes so strongly that the Yisid of Kedushin is a Kenyan, it's a purchase of exclusive rights, that he's willing to change an entire Gemara to make it fit, which is unbelievable. But, but in the same time, he changed the Gemara. He changed the Gemara. So we're going to have to come back to this. We're going to have to come back to this. So we're going to talk about Tesis. We're going to have to try to work on this Rashi. Now, now, we're going to end off. I'm going to just go through Pnei Yeshua together. And next week, we're going to try to propose a different approach to explain Rashi. That maybe Rashi never understood like the Ra'ah also. Be'ezer Hashem. But uh, let's, let's finish off with this Pnei Yeshua. So that's the Pnei Yeshua. Kvar Kasafti, says, I already wrote, you can be astonished, how in the world could you say that she can give to him? And that even though Rashi already wrote that we, we thought, who cares if it's his money, who cares if it's her money? This is wild. It's more wild that Rashi wrote that. Forget about the fact that the Gemara proposes that she can give it. But Rashi says, who cares whose money it is? We never found such a precedent. And the person who's acquiring gives the person selling. 
And says the Pnei Yeshua that Avanda, the lady, is giving herself over, she is selling herself, and the husband's acquiring her. Unbelievable. So, so, so even if you, even if we stopped here, right? Even if we stopped here. So it's beyond. I'm saying the, the, the Pnei Yeshua is also not willing to hear it. So let's keep seeing the Pnei Yeshua. The Pnei Yeshua gets into Machlikas and the Gemara and Bavmatziah. The Gemara and Bavmatziah brings the Machlikas. We do Khalifin. Who gives the, with whose object do you give over when you do Khalifin? According to Levi, you give the Caleb Shalmakne. So the seller gives his Kli to the purchaser. And that's going to need an explanation. How come the seller gives his Kli to the purchaser? So why would that make a Kenyan? According to Rav, it's the opposite. The Kli gives the Kli to the seller. And obviously, that's very straightforward. That's almost like a Shabbat Kesef. We'll have to know what the difference is between that and Shabbat Kesef. But it says the Panesha was follows. It makes sense according to Levi. That you do Khalifin with the object of the seller. That means the seller is giving over the object which he's selling, and he's giving over his own object to create the transaction. Why does that work? Because the Gemara comes to the conclusion over there, with Hanal he gets from the fact that someone else received it from him, that Hanal is what's causing the transaction. And if that's true, that the Hanal of giving something over to someone else is what's causing the transaction, then our Gemara makes sense. Why? I would think that's the Pshapa Isha, that the Isha who's giving over the money She's happy from the fact that she gave money to her future husband and the happiness that she gets from giving money to the future husband, that's what's causing the transaction. And the Torah therefore came along and said, to teach us not. Because a lady with less with a chalifin that works with something which is doesn't work. There's no kidding like that. But when it comes to Adam Chashev, where there is a value to the fact that he's taking a present from her, then a taka does work. Like we'll see later on the Gemara of Zion. That Hanol, the guy, who's a chash of a guy, taking that present from you is worth more than a sheva prutal. That which is not true, according to Rav, that says what? That the seller has to give the kli to perform a chalifin to the perch- to, to the, I'm sorry, that the buyer has to give his kli to the seller in order to make a chalifin. Imkain. Why in the world do we need a pasuk? Hello, obviously it's not going to work. We don't have Caleb Shel Kleina. Caleb Shel Kleina necessary in order to create the acquisition. So claims the Ritva, I'm saying sorry, claims the Pnei Yeshua to answer this question, according to Rav, but near the Fiestaiti, it seems to my humble opinion, since it says that she goes free and there's no money, and we have the diak we've been talking about for weeks already, the in kesef lanon zeh, yish kesef lanon acher. V'imkein, once we have that drasha, that pasuk, makorfa king kesef, if one says, true salka daitechamino, I might think, denedu kalcha, I can make such a, this an inference. In kesef laodon zeh bitziyosem irishusei, there's no money to this man when I leave his resource, meaning the owner of the Amivria. But there is money to the owner of the Amivria. When she goes into his Rishus. Now, what's that mean when she goes into his Rishus? It says the Pnei Yeshua Kagin Meaning to say, let's say she's going into his Rishus in a different form. 
she stops being Zama Ivriya and she becomes his wife. Now, why would we be talking about Yayud? The Solik because the Chumash, when it says Vyotzachinam, is leaving the parsha of Ame Ivri of Yeyud. Why? The Oluk Sivim Shalash Eliya That if he doesn't do these three things for it, if he doesn't give it a Shirksus Valina, because he performed Yeyud at Ame Ivriya, right? It's all when he made a So then, since it's coming off that parsha, I might think that Vyotzachinam in Kosef means Dafke Biyotziyasa, that Bekniyasa there is Kasef. Salkadai Techamina, I would have thought the Bainin Shetitin like Kasef. That when she's going into his Rashus as an Ivriya, as I'm sorry, as a wife, as a person Ame Ivriya, because she's leaving him as an Ame Ivriya, she had to give him money for that. Kamash Malon, therefore the Torah says, Kiyikach Velokitikach, that since she's becoming his wife, that's bound by normative Dine Ishus, that he has to give her the money and not her. Give him the money. And says the Pnei Yeshua, Kaygam the Kosovo Ritvo, Ban. Seems like Tivishenim had such a real Hava Mina to explain this Gemara. But the Vada and Avada Rashi is not learning like that. Rashi is no doesn't entertain the uh, the tzad here that Vyotzechinam in Kosef is still going on the owner of the Ivriya. So Avada is not going to work according to Rashi. But just how seriously that the Rishonim are taking this question: What's going on here? How could it be? What's the Hava Mina? There's an acquisition. There's a Kenyan. This is Navdafka as a Gemara. This person Navdafka as a Gemara. The Gemara says he, she gave to him, and he says no, he gave to her. She sent to him. The Ritva, the Ramban, are willing to say that the whole drush of Yatachinam is a different Hava Amina. The whole drush of Yatachinam is that really, when he does Yayud, so then she has to give the, the, her previous master and future husband money because she's leaving the role as an Amivriya. Kamash Kiyikach, no, she's a normal wife. Pella, but Rashi. We have this Mahalik and the Ra'ah. And it could be that at the end of the day, maybe that's going to have to be. That it was a flip-flop in Rashi. That Rashi thought that Kedushin was of the Ishus. It's making a relationship, making this certain. Kamash Malki Yikach tells me, no, it's making a prohibition. It's acquiring exclusive rights. Maybe. Maybe. But next week, we say to Mishat to the Shemaya, we're going to try to offer a different approach in Rashi and try to, to be Malav in the Inyanim. Shkoyach HaGut Neshavas.